With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From, from, from age to screen. Hello and welcome to episode 713 of the From Page to Screen movie podcast. Uh, this episode features me, Stuart, and nobody else. It's another one of those solo episodes. I have a bunch of time to myself and so I thought, you know what, I need to continue my uh, video store stories throughout the years. So for those of you who haven't uh, heard the previous episodes, they began in episode 707 and it continued in 708 and I decided to sit down with a headset and do a solo episode just taking you through my experiences of the video stores. Uh, not sure how many episodes it's going to be, not sure how long this one's going to be, but this is kind of the, the it's a bigger story than the previous one. 707 was my story about mooching around video stores when I was a kid. 708 was about my time mooching around video stores when I was a bigger kid and this particular episode 713 is um is going to be me actually working at a video store um so it's not 713 it's 715 so I'm a bloody idiot so yes so 707 708 and now we're on to 715 this begins early 90s so I'd moved to England in 1987. I'd uh, rented lots of films, but this time in the early 90s, I'd been in various full-time employment, working in a cardboard box factory, working in a factory that uh, that made fiberglass. Don't recommend ever doing that. I lasted a week before I quit. I worked in a, a factory that made industrial hose pipes. So I've had a kind of a weird work life certainly in my earlier years and that obviously continued into my later years as well so early 90s um some of the dates were a little bit foggy because i've run into this problem before where if you look at a film on imdb then it tells you what year it came out but back in the day films didn't always come out at the same time right across the world so sometimes a film would come out in for example like november 1980 just to pick a random year and yet here in the UK, that film wouldn't arrive until like July 1981. But, you know, we don't keep records of these things uh, when we watch films. So some of the dates might be a little bit skew-whiff. But the film that was responsible for me working in a video store, which I'd mentioned in episode 708, was Highlander 2. So just to give you a quick recap, I really like Highlander 2. At the time, I hadn't seen Highlander 2. I'd seen Highlander 1, and that was great. So when a sequel was coming out starring one of my favourite actors, Michael Ironside, I was very excited. Went into the video store, tried to get a copy of it. It had been rented out. Uh, the two of them. I reserved it for the following night, went back, still hadn't come back. Reserved it for the following night, still hadn't come back. So I thought, you know what, I am going to camp out here for 24 hours. I will get my fix of Michael Ironside. Uh, trying to do his Kurgan impression. 
Whilst I was loitering around in the video store, I heard one of the staff members talking to another staff member saying that he was leaving. And I did a nice little bit of courage, walked up to them and said, I believe you're leaving. Have they got somebody to replace you yet? He said, no. And took my phone number and said he would get his boss to give me a call if there was any chance of a role. I don't know how long it took. Uh, I suspect it was only a few days. My phone rings. Hi, this is Angela from Take Two Video. That was the name of the shop. Uh, I believe you've been inquiring about a role in the video store. Yes. Have you worked in shops before? No. But I've you know, obviously worked with people in factories. I know a lot about movies. Very flexible. With I really wanted this job. I'm really flexible with the hours. Don't mind nights. Don't mind weekends. Actually, I only live about five minutes down the road from where the video shop is. So, you know. If you ever need somebody short term, short time, last minute, you can give me a call, blah, blah, blah. So that went well, this phone call, and I was uh, told to show up at the shop at 10 o'clock or just before 10 o'clock, whatever morning, be it the morning after or a few days after that, can't remember. Foggy time, like I'd mentioned. So I show up at the video shop, I'm loitering around as I always am, I'm a little bit early. And I figured, you know what, it's going to be so cool working in a video shop. I get to watch films all day. Apparently you get free films as well, which is amazing because I was spending most of my working wage <laughs> renting movies. So it would be so cool to just not have to be able to do that. I wasn't really a huge fan of being on the side of a counter, though, and speaking to strangers because I wasn't... I was still a shy kid. I never really spoke to that many people growing up. Never really had a social circle when I was at school, certainly would never have dreamed that in decades to come I would either be standing on stage Q&A and people from like Game of Thrones and Star Wars, uh, or I'd be doing a 715th podcast episode, which I'd started a decade before. So we do change, and that is quite a good thing. But back then, I was still pretty shy, but I really wanted this job. So I'm standing outside the, the video store, looking at my watch, waiting until 10 o'clock, and then this other girl showed up and she starts wandering outside the store, looking at her watch. I'm thinking, who the fuck she? So I didn't speak because that's what you didn't do back then. You didn't go, oh, hey, how are you? Let me introduce myself. You just sort of thought, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm waiting for somebody. You're clearly waiting for somebody. I don't care. And then I kind of twigged, shit, I bet she's here for a job as well. And I, I went into sort of survival mode going, I need this job. I need to steal this job from her. <laughs> Probably not one of my proudest moments, but whatever. I was, um, oh God, I can't remember how old I was. Probably just 21 or 22, something like that. I'm still a naive little shitbag. So eventually... Angela shows up. Now, I'd seen Angela work in the, sh the shop before. She's probably about six foot tall or whatever, blonde hair, instantly recognisable. Hi, how are you? Uh, come on in. So she unlocked the door, reset the alarm, and we go to this video store. And then she's on the back of the counter. She puts some lights on, but not all the lights, because you don't want customers thinking the shop's open. So this was a continuation of the interview. I kind of thought I'd already got the job by the phone interview, but, you know, uh-oh, hadn't. So it turned out that there were, there was enough hours for full time, but they were sort of 
um, they as in the shop and the management, they were reticent to give it to one person. And I get why, because if you hire one new person and that new person doesn't work out, you've got to go through the same shit again and hire somebody else. So they were looking to split the hours and, um, and split the hours. They did. I, Sharon was okay. Uh, certainly not a movie buff. She was more into going to the pub and just basically clearly doing the job, just, you know, for a job. Whereas me, I was so damn passionate about the movies that I really thought, you know what, this is my new home. I'm going to be here for uh, for quite a few years. And I was, I did, did quite a long run at that video store. Uh, Shara did eventually leave. She, on a Saturday afternoon, thought it would be a good idea to lock the shop up and then nip off to the pub for a few drinks. Apparently she did this like three Saturdays in a row and disappeared for like an hour at a time. Um, I have no idea how my boss found out about that. I can neither confirm or deny that just before she got sacked, uh, I found out that she'd done it. And, um, you know, these things happen. Bosses find out. Like I say, I was a, an ambitious little shitbag back then. You know, maybe it wasn't a good thing saying, oi, but I was protecting the store. And more to the point, I was protecting my ability to, uh, to move up the food chain in the video store. So, yes, I did grass her up to my boss. To be fair, you know what? Make cut a few rules or whatever, but locking somebody else's business up for an hour at a time every single week to go to the pub. Uh, no, that shit's not happening. So, yeah, she left. Um, so there was that. Now, what, what's it like working in a video store? That's a question. Now, some people, they generally go straight down to the, uh, oh, it must be cool, you sit around and watch films all day and sometimes a customer comes in, gives you money and, and all that sort of stuff. And that's true. But there is a lot that goes into working in a video store, as I found. And sometimes, yeah, you were able to sit down and watch a film. But you weren't able to just sit down and watch a film in its entirety without being interrupted. Because obviously you had customers coming in, either taking films out or bringing films back. But there's also the little things like the cleaning rotor. Now, how much cleaning is there in a video shop? Quite a freaking lot in the back of, back of uh, VHS days. Because these plastic VHS tapes... They attract a hell of a lot of dust, as we so found. So every single week, Angela would set the staff a rotor. So uh, the shop was divided up in sections, as most video shops are. You know, children's section, family section, horror section, new release section, and then the back catalogue section, and the adult section, which was at the top shelf. And so the rotor would be, for example, right, next week, Stuart, you're cleaning the new release section. And that's cleaning each individual box. So just a quick wipe, you know, you're cleaning the box. Uh, also the little sort of docking thing that it sits in, you know, sits on the shelf for those of you who do remember video stores. So you have to clean all that, soap and water job, and then obviously dry it. Um, so you had all that. And then the top shelf, if you ended up doing the adult ones, some people are going to think that's fun. No, it ain't, because you're cleaning it in the daytime and you can just guarantee that whenever you've got like some sort of, I don't know, Shaving Ryan's Privates or Lord of the Rims or whatever, um, the Erotic Witch Project, yes, that was a real title, you've got that box in your hand and you're just about to give it a clean, 
somebody walks in with their kids to bring a film back, don't they? You just know that that's going to happen, and that happened a lot. And you, what are you going to do? You go, I'm, uh, I'm just cleaning it? No, you're just going to ignore it. Uh, so that was, it wasn't fun. Nobody really enjoyed doing the adult movie section. Uh, and the kids' ones, Jesus. I've never seen so many jam stains on VHS boxes in my entire life. So there was the cleaning rotor. And uh, obviously hoovering up and cleaning the counter and making sure there's, the rubbish is out. So you've got all that stuff. This is the, no way you sit and just watching films all day. Then you had New Release Day. Now, New Release Day used to be a Monday, I think. And then it changed to a Friday, or it might have been a Friday and changed to Monday. I generally can't remember. It was one or the other. So if you happen to be working on that day, basically the new releases, your your big boss would show up. So Angela's boss would show up. And it was two of these. It was a guy called David and a guy called Howard. Howard looked like the James Cameron from Titanic era. Don't mind his beard. He looked, he always reminded me of Jim Cameron. And one of the big bosses would just pull up in the car. They had these big Mercs, big Mercedes cars. You're like, all right, and fuck off. <laughs> you know, they, they they lived the part, which is fine. So you'd see this Merc pull up, and they would walk around to the boot of their car, or the trunk, if you're American listening to this, and they would take out a couple of boxes of VHS tapes, physically, you know, quite big boxes, march into the store, plonk them down on the counter and you go what we got what we got and you get so excited because it's like what have we got what new films have we got how many copies what's new out this is amazing this is pre-internet so you couldn't google when films were coming out and so you would then have a lot of vhs tapes all in cellophane so you'd have to cut them out you know rip all the cellophane off get rid of all the cellophane crack the box open take the vhs tape out put a lamp to one side and then you had these little stickers, so number stickers that you put one on the side of the the cover box and then the other sticker on the actual cassette itself and then you had to find spare numbers to allocate them into your system. And that, so you had to do that for every single uh, VHS tape that comes in. And for some computers, it was quite easy because you just go, give me the next free number and then it would tell you. So you would stick them up put the tapes in the, in the back wall so you knew where to get them when the customer wants them. Then you'd have to find some space on the shop floor to put them. You pretty much had free reign on where to put the films. So there was never any new films go on this specific row. There was a section, but Angela pretty much just let you do what you want. You, she knew that you're not going to put them six feet off the ground or 10 centimetres off the ground. You're going to put them at eye level so people could could see the new films and stuff when they come in. So there was, there was free reign to that extent. Um, so that, that was the new releases. Then you would have to add the damn things to the computer system. So you'd find your free numbers. You'd have to type the title in, certificate, um, how many copies you had. So you'd have to do this one at a time. You got 29 copies of Terminator 2, then you are adding 29 copies of Terminator 2. It does take a while. And then odds are you will get interrupted by customers who will peer over the counter at what you're doing and go, ooh, Terminator 2, is that, can I have one? No, it's going to be about half an hour before these are on the system. I need to loiter around, so you get interrupted. But that was fine. So that's the new release stuff. 
you would get people obviously coming in renting other films so you'd have to stop what you're doing with these new films serve them then carry on doing what you're doing to try and get these new films on the shelf as quick as possible because you ain't making any money if these things are stuck behind the shelf and nobody can see them um, you would also get the what we call point of sale and these would also show up periodically usually once a month and it would be David or Howard that brings these things these are the huge cardboard standees that usually they were quite easy to put together but sometimes no sometimes you'd have to be a bloody mastermind to work out how to put these things together they were pretty big in some cases you would get a truckload of posters not literally a truckload but you would get a whole load of posters hundreds sometimes and again you were given free will if Angela knew that you weren't an idiot to just make your own poster displays in the window and that was fun I used to enjoy that that just pretty much involved ripping down all the old posters standing in the window display thing with a staple gun a pile of posters and your brain going hmm what can I do I used to have so much fun with the, with the posters once you put new posters in you get all the kids coming in going you got any posters you got any posters and you know I it, it was a tricky one because a lot of the time you would learn which kids genuinely wanted the posters and which ones would just end up taking them outside and throwing them around in the street uh, which was never a wise move so um, there was a lot there was a lot to do in a video store and this is way before you can sit on your arse and just sit and watch these new films all day now there was a rule in the video store that Angela had set and I think it was a rule that she just decided herself and it was a it was a wise rule and it was a rule that made sense and it was a rule that I constantly broke but never got caught and I knew that other staff would break that rule as well and it was in the first week of a film being a new release staff were not allowed to take it home for free now the reason for that was because obviously we wanted customers to pay the £2.50 which is at home, that's how much it costs for a new release to pay the £2.50 to take the film home I get that However, me being a film geek addict, I decided that I was more important than the customer. And so what you would do then is you would just put one of these out on hire tags into a single copy of a new film um, and then just make sure nobody rented it that night. Now, that's not something you could get away with all the time because if your boss isn't a moron, and mine certainly wasn't, it would be a case of, hang on a minute, we have a copy of Silence of the Lambs and nobody rented it on a on a Friday? That's kind of weird. That would definitely go out. So what you would do is if somebody rented it the previous night and then brings it back early, so say they bring it back at 4pm, you put it to one side and you just don't book it as a return until about 20 past 9, 40 minutes before the shop closes. And so when Angela's like, hang on a minute, how did you manage to get silence of the lambs you just saw it didn't come back till late there was a rule that anything after seven o'clock was technically late but we never enforced that there was never a right you should have brought that back an hour ago we're going to charge you another night's rental that was not a rule that was ever enforced although it should have been and i kind of get why it should have been but you're gonna lose and alienate a lot of your customers 
if in fact you do that. Uh, customers. Oh, customers, customers, customers. Customers are both in video stores really nice to get on with and customers are also really fucking annoying at times but back in the day back in the early 90s they were more nice than annoying i think nowadays they'd be stupidly annoying so obviously a lot of the common annoying ones i used to get were the ones who would walk into a video store that holds 3000 titles and you would look at their membership and they've maybe rented 50 films in their entire career and they joined like eight years ago um, and you would try to work out what sort of film that they like and you would recommend stuff that was one of my skills was because I knew um, there, there's a certain way that you could do it if you if somebody likes, for example, Shawshank Redemption, it's a pretty safe bet. They'll also like Leon by Luke Besson. They'll also probably like The Green Mile, which is similar to Shawshank. You know, you sort of work out what they like and you can gauge their reaction. The really annoying ones though, are the ones who say they've seen everything. And yet you look at their membership thing and they clearly haven't. You know, their hard work because they'll say, recommend me a film, so you'll recommend something, Pacific Heights or whatever, and you'll be like, no, no, it doesn't doesn't look any good. You go, seriously, it really is. It's a really good film, and it is, if you've not seen Pacific Heights. And they'll be like, what else is there? Well, Shawshank Redemption, watch that one. That is an amazing film. Yeah, no, I don't like prison films. And they'd be so hard work. And then they would end up ignoring all your recommendations, picking something that they chose and then coming back the day after bitching about how it was crap and they didn't like it. It's like, well, maybe you should have listened to my recommendations. Um, so over my years in the, this video store that I'm talking about now, there were fights that broke out. I remember two women who had clearly had an issue, probably to do with a boyfriend, fuck knows. And they started fighting full belt in the video shop. So I just jumped into the middle to try and split them up. Uh, just as one of them ripped the shirt off the other one. It was, it was very surreal, but it was true. Um, yeah, you don't want to jump in the middle of two women who want to fight. There were fingernails and scratching and hair pulling and stuff everywhere. But nor do you want your shop wrecked. And one of the things that used to happen periodically was because of the layout of VHS tapes... Those things come off shelves really flipping easy because they're quite light. And if you hit the wall, you could uh, you could send like a shockwave that would then send all the VHS tapes flying onto the floor. And then you're spending the rest of your uh, shift rebuilding this wall, trying to remember where all the films went. So you would be very protective of the actual store itself. But yeah, there, were, there was fights. Um, I remember, and I wasn't working there, but one of my friends... She was working there a few years later and somebody tried to rob her at knife point in, in the video store. It's like, Jesus Christ. So it's kind of crazy. You would get drunk people coming in. You would get farmers coming in who have just finished muck spreading. So that you then have to walk around the shop with uh, with like air freshener. 
and just try and defumigate the shop because you don't want people walking in after the farmer had gone looking at you thinking, Jesus Christ, you stink, have a bath, pal. Um, you would get it in the neck for that. You would... Um, we, we had this instance where there was me and a friend of mine who worked in the video store, jumping forward a couple of years, but it's the same video store. And there was this kid, and he was early teens, and he would come in and he would just knock films off the shelves. Nothing, you know, he didn't have a label. I guess if this was the 21st century, he'd probably have some sort of label, which means it's okay for him to trash shops. But by then he didn't, there was no label, and it wasn't okay for him to trash shops. So working in this video store, and he would just come in, he would just knock things off the shelf and knock down your wall displays, and you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? So he came in one day, and me and Brett, who's the friend of mine, and the guy, the other guy who worked at the store, we were just sort of chatting, and then this kid walks in, and he just he picks a, a VHS tape off the shelf, and he cracks open the box, and then just spits in it, proper Titanic, Leonardo DiCaprio showing Kate Winslet how to spit type mucus, spat it in the box, closed it, and we're like watching him going. Did you just, what the fuck? So we looked at him, we're like, come here, come here, you. And he sort of gave us a middle finger and then he sprinted out of the video shop. So me and Brett, being the adults that we were, didn't like the fact that some young teenager had done this. So we chased him right through the town centre. We didn't lock the shop up, we just like legged it, caught him, sort of pushed him off the, the, the main street or whatever, and then, um, and then, like, threatened to kill him or something like that. Some sort of stupidity. If you ever do that again, we're going to murder you, um, as, as gobshites do. And then we sort of just went back to the shop going, you know, it probably wasn't a good idea, really, shouting and screaming at a young teenager. <laughs> but to be fair, he did spit in our video boxes. What the fuck is wrong with him? So we go back to the shop. And then, Jesus, like an hour? An hour after or something like that? police car pulls up outside the video store so oh fuck but police did sometimes come in the video shops and we we used to give them free films uh, because if we ever needed somebody who had stolen some of the films chasing down these police would normally go you know what give us a address we'll go get these films back because vhs was quite expensive way back when so police pulls up so oh, i wonder what they want puts his hat on so, oh fuck that's never good <laughs> it's never good when they put their hat on walks in policeman looks at us it's like did you um did you chase a child down down the street probably about an hour or two ago yeah well, yeah did you do anything to him well we kind of like shouted at him and threatened him and stuff because this is what he did this is spying the video box and this that and the other he's like okay um what you might want to do you shouldn't be doing that okay kind of get that me and Brett turned into little boys in the moment. It's like, oh shit, we're in trouble with the police. And then you think back to what you did. You're like, yeah, we could really be in shit for that. And so this policeman just said, okay, we know who the lad is. You might want to do yourself a favour if anything like that ever happens again. Drag him down an alley. Make sure nobody sees you shouting and screaming at him. And then the policeman left. And we were like, that's amazing. That's the most amazing thing ever. We've just been given a license to shout to children. Um, but it did sort of teach us a lesson. It's like, okay, maybe just 
you know, maybe not do that in the future. But I think I don't know what would happen if you did that nowadays. But we were lucky. The policeman knew who we were, knew that this kid was a little shitbag and just pretty much said, yeah, uh, we have to be here, but don't get caught doing it again. So there was that. Um, there were some scams in the video stores. I don't know anybody who's worked in a video store. Maybe you know your own scams, but you could tell when other staff members were scamming because you would work, for example, like a Sunday. So if you work at a Sunday, you'd periodically get people bringing films back and you'd go to punch in return on the computer and it's like, that wasn't even booked out. Clearly, whoever had rented it out on the Saturday night had just taken the £2.50 from the customer, given the film over to the customer and then just kept their fingers crossed that this damn thing would get brought back um, the previous day. So you would see like a big burst of these, like five or six movies where somebody's clearly skimmed 10 quid out the tills. You would also see uh, late fees never being charged, but yet they would probably take the money from the customer. So there was all sorts of little scams like that that you would really... I've always been really good at picking them up and going, hang on a minute, I can see where the fiddle is. Um, and that was that was definitely the sort of scams on that one. Um, some of these are kind of random topics, but they're all from this exact same video store. I think we're talking like 1990 three and um lethal weapon three was due to hit vhs and my boss walked into the store one day with the new releases and he had on this leather jacket that had a tiny little logo lethal weapon three embossed on the jacket a gorgeous leather black leather jacket and i'm like where did you get your jacket from He's like, oh, it's it's promo stuff from Warner Brothers. I'm like, how can we get one? Of them? I, never mind, wait, how do I get hold of one of them? He's like, tell you what, do your deal. He said, if you can make the shop make £2,000 in a week, I'll let you have one of these jackets. Now, that was a high stretch, because if you were lucky in a video store back at the time, that particular shop was probably doing about 1100 so to do 2000 was a bit of a... You're near enough doubling the, the costs, aren't you? So I'm like, all right, I'll do that. I just... So the following week, it's like... Because the, the takings went from uh, Monday to the last thing on, on Sunday night. So that's how you could punch it in on a computer and go, right, we've seen how much we've we've made. So I worked hell for leather. I did as many hours as possible. I would... Just, you know, people would come in and go, what new films are you? Like, oh, never mind the new films. What's this one that came out like last month? It's amazing knowing that they would rent something like, you know, I don't know what title, but they'd rent something that wasn't guaranteed to fly off the shelves because I knew that once you got to later on in the evening, people would just come in and they would purposely want the new releases. Or the other example is people who walked in off the street you would recommend something that wasn't a brand new release because you knew you were going to get phone calls later that day from people going, have you got such and such a new release? If you said no, they probably weren't going to come out that night. If you said yes, they were going to come down and get that new release. I was using every little juggling technique possible to try and get this jacket because I really wanted this Lethal Weapon 3 jacket. So it gets to Sunday night, takings get added up, 
it's like 1930 pounds or something like that it's like so close so close so on the monday the boss came in and i'm like we've got 1930 quid so just like really cool can I still get a jack nope he went he stuck to his guns and I get it and I get it I was mad at him but I still get it so close he said no the deal was £2,000 and you can have a jacket it's like fuck so I did it again that week and by the end of that week we did hit the £2,000 and I did get my jacket unfortunately the jacket over the years because jackets do it got damaged and wrecked but I was so proud of myself that not only uh, did I manage to raise a ton of money in that video store, but also got a really cool Lethal Weapon 3 jacket. Sort of freebies and stuff weren't, they, they were more coming. You could get posters and standees and sometimes you would get jackets, but they weren't, they weren't as huge as, as I like to think. I don't remember lots of instances, for example, of getting like mugs and hats and scarves and and all that sort of stuff we did get time-coded um vhs tapes now anybody who's not familiar with a time-code vhs they're basically the screener discs but they're vhs tapes and they were called time-coded because they had the timestamp playing throughout the entire movie so that people couldn't palm it off as uh, as being an actual film they were quite hard to get hold of because you would just get one of those and then if you've got like five or six staff members in that shop, then, you know, by the time you actually got your hands on a time-coded tape, the damn thing had come out. You could have just rented it off the shelves anyway. Uh, so it was always good if you could be the one who was there when the boss showed up with some time codes. And I was quite often. And... Um, yeah, I kind of miss those days. I miss the days of time codes. You watched a lot of films that you would never, ever have watched because you were just so damn happy that you were watching something that that hadn't come out yet. It was, uh, it was interesting times. And... It's just, yeah, I had... It's, I'm trying to think of what subject to cover next in the video store. It was I. It's easily one of my most favourite jobs ever because I knew movies like the back of my hand. I mean, I still know a fair chunk about films, but I don't know as much as I used to because there's just too many films nowadays. But I used to have the the running times of films memorised. If somebody, um, and this is a true story, I people used to come in and go, "I don't know what the film's called." but it's about this guy who does this thing and he's got a dog and he's, you know, that sort of real vague description. And I used to be able to get the film. And if I didn't get it in the first guess, I certainly got it in the second or third. And so I was like an encyclopedia of, of, um, of film knowledge. You know, somebody go, oh, so I like, what else has Spielberg done? Bang. You know, I'm not just rattling off Jaws and Close Encounters. I'm like Sugarland Express and Duel and Always and Empire of the Sun and all that sort of stuff. And he'd be like, what? Um, so there's stuff like that. So I was insanely knowledgeable. The older you get, real life gets in the way and your brain gets filled up with bullshit like direct debits and house payments and when's the rent due and all that stuff. But when you're back as a kid and you your job is is movies jesus 
I, I certainly knew it all. And it wasn't too long. I think it was probably six months, maybe less actually, but probably about three months after I started that video shop uh, part-time role that the other girl had left. Tut tut, don't lock a shop up. And I just gobbled up her hours. And I do remember the conversation, and this probably doesn't make me come across very well, but what the hell, it was like early 90s. Was I remember having a conversation with my boss going, is there any more hours coming up? And she's like, well, not really. I said, okay. I said, if Sharon ever leaves, would there be the option of me taking up her hours? She went, well, yeah, of course I would. I'm like, okay. You might want to show up at the shop about one o'clock, two o'clock on Saturday afternoon then. And that was how she got busted for uh, nipping off to the pub and getting drunk and then going back to work for like three, four hours. So it's not my proudest moment <laughs> being a grass, but, you know, sometimes you've got to do what you've, what you've got to do. Um, so I stayed in the video store from, this is like 1992, I am thinking. And whilst I did work in the video store industry until 2003, around the time, it was around 1996, I think. So I'd been at the this video store for four years. And... My boss came in one day and he said, I'm going to have a bit of a shake-up. Because this, this was sort of... I mean, video was always a thing. It wasn't always a thing. Probably bad phrasing. But it was a lot of money to be made in video shops from the early 80s right through the 90s. And around the sort of mid-90s onwards, you could see it starting to dip a little bit. Only slightly. But you could see that people, for whatever reason, weren't renting as much as they had been doing. And I guess maybe here in the UK, it was because the satellite companies had taken off, so Sky, and then there was another one called B Sky B. So people could watch lots of films at home. So there was that. Um, so my boss came one day and he said, I'm thinking of having a little bit of a mix-up. It's like, okay. He said... What I want to do is move some of the staff around. Now, I used to live in, let's just call it Town A. So I lived in Town A, and that's where town, where the video store that I worked at was. Five, ten minutes from my house, like I'd mentioned. And so he said, well, because I was just an assistant there. I wasn't really anything. I mean, I was working more hours than anybody else, but I was effectively just a shop assistant. And he said, I'm looking to replace the manager in Town B. Now, Town B is probably about half an hour's walk from where I was at Town A and probably 15 minutes on a bus. So it wasn't too far out. He said, I'm looking to replace the manager in Town B's video store, part of the same chain. How would you feel about being the manager of uh, the Town B store? And then what we're going to do is take the manager from town B and put him up here just to mix it up and because everybody's a bit too familiar with all the cost, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's, it's nice to have a bit of a change of scenery. Now, I got really excited because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to not just be a shop assistant. I'm going to be a manager of a video store. This is all in my internal monologue. And I'm like, so I would be the manager of the video store and he's like yeah you would what does, does that interest you and i'm like 
Oh God, yeah. That definitely, yeah, yeah. When would you be looking to start and do this? It's well, you know, next couple of weeks or whatever the time period was. I'm like, oh, definitely, I'm up for that. And so, around sometime in 1996, I was very excited. I was moving from this illustrious uh, video store that made just short of two grand a, a week or whatever, and that was that was good money for a single store. Um, down to this other video store, it was a little bit of a smaller store, but I would be the manager. I would I would be the Angela of this video store. So what I would say goes, and I would have so much more control, and then new movies, and everything would be amazing, wouldn't it? Yes, no, because what I soon learned when I started that role is that I was fucked. And you'll get more of that in a future episode. So I hope you enjoyed this rambling of the video store episodes. If you want to listen to all of these again, go for episodes 707, 708, and this one, 705. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.